the Minnesota Vikings name another starting quarterback against the Cincinnati Bengals on Saturday for the 12 o'clock game. That's amazing. We get a 12 o'clock game for it feels like the first time in forever. Praise Jesus. Um, Nick Mullins named the starter after Josh Dobbs struggles against the Las Vegas Raiders. And everybody saw this coming. This was not a shocker to anybody. Because when Nick Mullins went into the game, he had a much better command of the offense. His first throw, although there was somewhat luck involved with that throw, it still found its way into TJ Hawkinson's hands. The defender tipped it, went right to Hawkinson. The Vikings benefited greatly from that. Instead of it going into the defender's hands, it bounced right into Hawkinson's hands. But the difference about Mullins and Dobbs in that game was is that Dobbs wasn't even attempting that kind of throw. And if he did attempt that kind of throw, it was high and not accurate. Justin Jefferson got hurt because of Josh Dobbs and his inaccuracy versus the Raiders. And the Vikings are fortunate that it looks like Justin Jefferson is going to play against the Cincinnati Bengals on Saturday. But Mullins is much more accurate. He's much more Kirk Cousiny than Josh Dobbs. And the Josh Dobbs run was fun. But I said it after they beat the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm going to remind you again. Josh Dobbs, as electric as he was against the Falcons with his legs, he missed open wide receivers. And you could argue that some of that is because he's not familiar with the Minnesota Vikings offense. He was with the Minnesota Vikings for like three days, and he was thrust into the quarterback position against the Falcons because Jaron Hall went down with an injury. But he still missed wide-open receivers, and you would hope that as he progressed with the Minnesota Vikings, got more familiar with the offense and the playbook and the receivers, he would develop a better symmetry, a better rhythm, more anticipation. And he did against the New Orleans Saints in the first half. But it was all downhill from there. The Broncos, he was very bad in the second half. For the Chicago Bear game, he was atrocious the entire time except for one possession, a touchdown pass to TJ Hawkinson. Somehow, someway, the Vikings defense was able to withstand the Minnesota Vikings' poor offense and kept them alive in both of those games. And actually, the Vikings had the lead with three minutes left in both of those games. Well, the Minnesota Vikings defense did it again. They supported or carried a poor Minnesota Vikings offense to a win versus the Las Vegas Raiders. And the Vikings are 7-6. and six. And if a couple things go their way this week and next week, they could be first in the NFC North. If the Vikings defeat the Cincinnati Bengals on Saturday, which 
is not a guarantee, by the way. Jake Browning has performed fantastically for the Cincinnati Bengals and has them contending for a playoff spot. This is not going to be a cakewalk, but hopefully the Minnesota Vikings defense can continue the momentum, can continue to dominate opposing quarterbacks, make them feel uncomfortable. Hopefully Brian Flores and Ivan Pace Jr. and the whole crew can get their hands on Browning, flush him out of the pocket, make him uncomfortable, just like they have almost every single quarterback this season, and the Vikings could come out with a win. But if the Lions continue their downhill fall and lose to the Broncos this weekend, and the Vikings the following weekend defeat the Lions, they will be first in the NFC North. Now again, what does it matter when You've got the 49ers, and you've got the Eagles, and you've got the Cowboys all in the NFC, the best teams in football. But, hey, it matters to Kevin O'Connell. It matters to the players because as much as it doesn't matter because the Vikings are going nowhere in the playoffs, for Kevin O'Connell to say that he took the Vikings to 13-4 and in his first season and then for him to say that he contended maybe even won the NFC North with Kirk Cousins, Jaron Hall, Josh Dobbs, and Nick Mullins? How can a head coach receive any more praise than that? Nick Mullins is a quarterback that can run Kevin O'Connell's offense the way he wants, and Josh Dobbs against the Raiders, just didn't have it. We had Dobbs Sanity for a couple weeks. It was this fun national story. The astronaut as the quarterback. There were stories on in The Athletic. ESPN was covering it. It was super fun. But just like the Tommy DeVito story with the New York Giants, does it really have long-term life? when you really, really break down the story, when you really, really break down the player, seven teams in like two years, bouncing around, found a home with the Vikings for two weeks, or at least he played good, and it always seems like you get these stories, right, where it's unbelievable for a couple weeks where a player is just outperforming and dominating something that they've never done in that sport. And then they come back to earth. And that's what the Josh Dobbs story was. That's what the uh, Lynn Sanity story was, the Jeremy Lynn story. Um, That might be what the Jordan Love story is. At the beginning of the year, Jordan Love sucked. And then he went on this amazing run of greatness where he just found his rhythm as a quarterback, beat the Chiefs, beat the Chargers. And maybe now Jordan Love is falling back to earth after his poor performance against the New York Giants. But it's funny how Nick Mullins, I'm sure he's running the same plays as Josh Dobbs. It didn't look like there was much tweaking That happened when Nick Mullins entered the game. But it's so funny how two quarterbacks can see the same play 
Receivers can have the same routes. The defense is running the same defense. And Nick Mullins finds open wide receivers, connects with them, has good timing. And Josh Dobbs is throwing it 10 feet over wide receivers' heads, putting receivers in dangerous spots, and completely missing wide open receivers down the field. It's like, how can LeBron see wide open teammates in the corner, thread the needle the way he does, and then he got teams like the Detroit Pistons that have lost 20 straight games? It's amazing how two different people can see the same defense and completely see different things. There's anticipation in sports that can't be taught. There's a feel that can't be found in statistics. And Josh Dobbs, it was quite obvious, even after the Falcons game, that he just doesn't quite have that feel that you look for and hope for in your starting quarterback. And now the Vikings are on their fourth guy with four games to go with a 7-6 and six record. Here we go. Trying to make a run with their fourth quarterback. Unbelievable. Before this podcast wraps up, I got to go on a little rant because Subway, eat fresh. My wife and I were at a baby appointment because she's pregnant for the second time. And we are going to be delivering in the St. Louis Park area, in Minnesota, that is. And uh, we had appointments at 9.30, and then we had another appointment a couple hours later at a different spot for our daughter's 18-month appointment. And we had a little bit of time in between appointments, and we were kind of hungry because we didn't really eat a whole lot in the morning. And... We're looking around the area, and there's a super expensive bakery, and then there's the Subway nearby, and I love Subway. I'm a big Subway guy. I always have been, always will be. However, it looks different to me now because I'm gluten-free and have been for two years, and Subway does not create gluten-free bread. Jersey Mike's does. Jersey Mike's is sensational. I'll take Jersey Mike's over Subway all day, every day, but I do miss Subway. And maybe I'm romanticizing how good it tasted because I haven't tasted it. I haven't tasted that Italian bread with herbs and cheese for three or four years. But Subway does make a modified version of any sandwich they have by making it into a protein bowl. So my wife and I, we ordered a protein bowl, which completely takes out the bread. And we ordered a chicken and bacon ranch at Subway, and I wasn't really paying all too close to the prices at the time, because at Subway, it's not really that expensive, protein bowls are the same as sandwiches, which is fine, but we get out to the checkout counter, and we order the same sandwich, same protein bowl, different toppings, but same protein bowl, and the total price for two protein bowls, which is the same as two 12-inch Subway sandwiches, was $31. I was mind blown. Now, I'm not going to complain to the sandwich artist 
preparing our protein bowls because they have no influence over the price. And I hate it when people do that, where they take it up with the manager for absurd prices when they're just being told what to do. Um, But it was $31. What happened to the subway of yesteryear when there were things called a $5 foot long? What happened to the $5 foot long? I get inflation drove prices up a little bit, but this wasn't even a $7 or $8 foot long. This was a $14 foot long at Subway. It's like, who could afford Subway anymore? Back when I was in high school, before a sporting event, my mom would give me $5. We would walk into Subway and we'd order a sandwich and it would be an amazing meal. Now it's like you got to take out a loan to get a Subway sandwich. $31. When you compare that to Jersey Mike's, and I know Jersey Mike's is 8-inch sandwiches versus a 12-inch foot-long sandwich. Jersey Mike's with gluten-free bread, which adds like $2, is $24 for two sandwiches compared to $31 at Subway. And Chipotle... You add extra chicken because that's the only way you're going to get full by going to Chipotle. You got to add extra chicken, which costs a couple of dollars extra. You get two of those, and it's like $23. Maybe it's $24. Maybe it's the same at Jersey Mike's. But it's like, that's $8 less than Subway. Subway needs to get their crap together and make affordable sandwiches anymore. Or they're going to go out of business. I mean, they're probably not going to go out of business. They're Subway. They're a national brand. There's more Subways in the country than McDonald's because Subway has found their way into small towns like Watertown, Minnesota, the town I grew up in. And there's no McEDs there. There's no Chipotle there. But Subway... Maybe that was Subway's CEO emailing me because what they have done with their prices, the way they have jacked those things up, I may never eat there again. Steph Curry, Charles Barkley, are those the reason? Are those guys the reason why they jacked up those prices? Because they are their big endorsers? I mean, maybe you got to pay those guys a lot of money to endorse your product. And I guess if you're going to pay Steph Curry and Charles Barkley to endorse it, and the only way you're going to get your money back is to create a $14 foot long, which is three times the amount that it used to be when they had specials running for a $5 foot long. I mean, I can still remember the music. $5, $5 foot long. I mean, it was catchy. It was beautiful. I mean, I remember Jared. I mean, wow, what a loser that guy became. You know, he was like 500 pounds. He ate Subways and he lost a bunch of weight and they became their spokesperson. Is that why prices have jacked up like crazy? Because of Jared? Ugh, couldn't believe it.
$31 for two Subway sandwiches. Hmm. Can't believe it. Well, that's a quick rant on that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Minnesota Tim Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button in the bottom right corner of this video. If you're watching and listening on Apple or Spotify or Google, I appreciate you listening wherever you're listening to this podcast. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Everyone, have a great day.